Welcome to a special weekend edition of The Road to Reality. Before we begin our Bible study, we want to bring you an update on the effects of the COVID-19 crisis in Asia. One in every six persons on earth lives in India. And yes, COVID-19 is a huge challenge in the USA, but imagine having no clean water to wash with or nearby medical attention to get help. Gospel for Asia President K.P. Yohannan said, these nations are in the hands of God right now. There is a real danger that millions could starve to death. Throughout different states and villages in Asia, faithful GFA workers are putting together food packets to give to men and women in desperate need of help. Many of these people are daily laborers who depended on work for their day-to-day -day survival. The nationwide shelter-in-place order has halted many opportunities for daily laborers to earn the necessary income to provide essential needs, such as food for their families, and has left them in precarious situations, wondering how will they make it through the crisis. Throughout our program today, we'll give you information about supporting this crucial GFA outreach. And now, here's our teacher, K.P. Yohannan. I want to take a few minutes and um, share with you a couple of stories and things. In some ways, it is an important time of the year, uh, Mother's Day, what we do without our mothers. And you heard plenty of teachings on that. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 18, verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. When you read the scripture about people bringing babies, it's easy to understand. It was not men. They usually run away when they had to change diapers. It is the mothers who carry the little babies around. And fathers are interested when the kids become teenagers or a little older. But here you find this reference in several gospels how significant it is when we realize the influence of a mother or a mother's influence, what it's supposed to be. The Bible has dozens and dozens of story of that and you also can testify to this. But somehow we seems to forget because it's so far away from us of Mothers that don't have the understanding or the information or the privilege to be a positive influence for their children. They are left behind. It was early morning I got this telephone call from our missions leader in Calcutta. And he said, I'm, I'm sending this information. Please look at this. The story appeared in the daily newspaper called Telegraph. 
the story about a small community of Dalits or untouchables about 200 kilometers away from our base. 50 mothers bringing their children to the market to sell them. And the story appeared in the newspaper when the newspaper reporter asked one of these ladies, all of them in the public bazaar market, they are bringing their little kids to sell them. So asked, why are you doing it? Looking at this mother with a eight or nine-year-old girl and another little girl that are her children. So she responded, the reporter quotes, I don't care whatever I can get. And then she continues with tears, you don't understand. We are starving and we are dying. And I want someone to take my children and give them clothes and food. Some of us are dying here, but at least our children will live. So I said, are you sure this is something or some cooked up story? He said, it has to be true. Then I said, why don't you take a train and whatever means, get to the place immediately and could you please verify this? So he goes, sure enough, he finds this community, people in abject poverty, living in huts, in, in shacks, and skin and bones, and kids everywhere. There's no school, no facilities, just people cut off from the reality of life that we know of. And I said, we need to do something about it very fast. And by the grace of God, within two weeks' time, they set up one of the, what we call, Bridge of Hope centers, taking nearly 200 children into that system to clothe them and feed them and take care of them. Then missionaries will go to help people with the literacy program and teaching them things. And, and now the mothers, <laughs> praise the Lord. And now the mothers that did not know how to read and write, 95% of the community, women especially, didn't know how to read and write. But now they've been taught to read and write. What do they read? The Bible. And the children are taught and they are growing up. And I envision someday when we meet the Lord face to face, multiplied millions that no man can number from all these nations and tribes and communities and language group. And I tell you what, you as a mother, you as a wife and grandmother, just think about running into these people there and say, you know, we heard about in Albuquerque when so-and-so was talking about it. But thank God, you too. We are given the privilege to know this Jesus that I came to know. As I train my children, take them to Sunday school and teach them, you did it too. What a glorious day. But here's the thing. Today in time, you and I have the privilege to link our lives with these mothers, these children, these people from around the world, especially in nations like India and these nations we are talking about. 
Well, that is K.P. Yohannan with the message, A Mother's Influence. We'll return to this topic shortly, but first, an update about the work of GFA in Asia during the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's GFA Vice President Danny Yohannan with these words about the reality of needs in Asia. The reality is, for many of us, it has kind of brought us down to the same level where uh, what is most important is our basic needs um, and not all the entertainment and not all the things that we have concerned ourselves for many, many years, which really have no uh, bearing or relevance on the reality of life or eternity. And I think when you boil it down to that understanding, that is the reality of many people who live in the villages and the slums. They are, they are barely just making it, trying to get by, where their next meal will come from. And so they live, they literally live day by day, uh, just struggling through life. And so what's, what's most concerning is not the living conditions. Oh, they live in slums. Oh, there's sewage running down the street. You know, oh, they're so poor. They only make a certain amount of money. It is that on top of the, you know, dire situation of just trying to survive merely through life, you have this helplessness and this hopelessness of having no purpose in life, not knowing that there's a Savior that loves you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just celebrated Holy Week, and we just celebrated Easter, and you know, half the world doesn't even know that exists. They don't mm-hmm. know what Easter is. They don't know what Christmas is. They don't know who Jesus is. We'll hear more from Danny Yohannan here at the conclusion of our message. So now let's return to the teaching, a mother's influence on the road to reality. My entire life was all about just don't worry about kids and all that. Just somehow preach the gospel, get people saved, and go on with life. But in all our journey, the Lord uses incidents to speak to us. This was one of those times I was in Bombay, India, trying to catch my flight to Frankfurt, West Germany. When I picked up this newspaper and looking at it, on the front page was this big black and white picture photograph of a little boy, kind of semi-naked, maybe four or five-year-old little kid, laying on the busy sidewalk on the street. But beside him lays a dog, a female dog. And the caption reads, this dog is his mother. And the reason they write that caption, because you can actually see a little boy drinking milk from this stray dog. And I never forget, just being glued to that photograph, somehow saying to myself, what if this happened to be my little boy, Danny? And I couldn't process that information. Then I asked the question, what happened to his mother? What happened to his father? Where are they? That's when I realized once again that report explained over 100,000 children living on the streets not knowing who their parents are, what their future will be. These are things I couldn't possibly process or think deep. I was weeping and brokenhearted. And this was one of those incidents. Somehow the Lord broke through and spoke to my heart and said, but this is what I have arranged for you to see, feel, and weep. But please don't let that end like that. He said, you have to do something about it because you are now in my place in your generation. 
And that was the beginning of this incredible journey that we made, recognizing the need to embrace these mothers and fathers and children and communities and give them also what we call a new beginning. I, I do not know how to communicate this effectively, but I will try my best. My now some 40 years of journey into these nations and looking especially at the Dalit or the untouchables communities. I do not know how many of you know about that. Anyone here seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire? Yeah, all of you who raise your hand, you will go to heaven. The rest of you, I have to figure this out. <laughs> but you see, if you saw that movie, you can see how this mean, evil pimp going around and collecting all the children from the streets and some of them blinding them and putting them out to beg money on the streets. And I remember that was one of those another times my heart was so broken with it. But then it's been just a few years or so, six, seven years, we began to learn about the plight of the women. And we realized that 285 million untouchables living in poverty and and abused and raped, and, and the, the plight is so huge. And then we realized we need to do something to embrace these women and help them. You know, just realize in Calcutta, in the red light district, where thousands of women are selling their bodies to make money. And then we found out little kids are growing up in the same community. And they, these eight, nine, ten-year-old girls, will end up in the same condition. Then that's when we began to go after counseling these mothers and talking to them and rescuing them, showing the way of the Lord. And then we took 100 children in one place out of this condition and put them in school. Now, can you imagine, a day is going to come, some of those children are not going to be living in slums, but they'll be living for the Lord. I don't usually cry that easily. I'm not an emotional person. But how many times I cried alone on the streets, in the slums in Bombay, and Dhaka, and other places. And my heart was more broken by seeing the struggle of these women. And mothers, you know, <laughs> Celebration of the Mother's Day is one of the most wonderful things in the whole world. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to be home tomorrow, so I called my son. I said, make sure you buy flowers. And I said, buy something really good. <laughs> and I'm sure all of you are doing something good. And if you didn't do it, you still have the chance. <laughs> but then, I wanted to listen to this poem written by a little boy. We have some 63,000 children we rescued from the slums, from the untouchables, from absolute hopelessness. Now they are in over 500 of our Bridge of Hope centers. And um, it's amazing what transformation took place and how their parents and their mothers, you just have to go to see it. But listen to this. This little boy who was rescued writes about his mother. Dark, skinny body, 
this was my mother. Eyes sunken with pain, turns and look at us, and she disappears into the woods. That's a forest. It is late in the afternoon. We children had eaten nothing all day, waiting and watching for mother after selling the sticks to come home with food. She collects firewood from the forest and sell it and then buy food and bring it to the kids. Our father left for a neighboring state looking for a coolie's job for untouchables here like us. There's no job except cleaning latrines, that's toilets. Poverty and hunger took its toll. My mother died without help. My brothers and I did not know what to do, wandering on streets all day long. Our father came home, a broken man, held us in his arms, crying bitterly. He sits and gazes into the dark, mutters to himself, I don't know what. The sun rose with bright hope. Some kind people took us to school. At first, I didn't know much at all. Now I know we have hope. Often, my eyes seek my mother. I still cry and grieve when I see a dark, skinny vendor of wood. I wish I had money to buy her sticks. And how many places I ran into people like this. And, and I say to myself, Lord, thank you for the grace you gave us to have a small part in helping these children. You know, my two children, they both grew up and went to school in the United States and then left to serve the Lord on the mission field. They both are married, four grandchildren. They are unbelievably cute. Um, and um, I, I think about how Gisela, that's my wife, from day one they were born, we were praying for them and how they were taught, how blessed we are, my brothers and sisters. Think about the privilege the Lord gave us, but then my prayer is this, we will become answer to bringing these children for the sake of lost and helpless mothers to the feet of Jesus and give them hope. I'd like to talk to you all night long, which is not practical. But here's a Bible verse that should help along with this discussion we have. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15. The compassion of God being compared to mother. Can a mother forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. I mean, God could not find any illustration to compare his deep feeling toward us, and he takes a mother. He says, even if that happened, I will not. And so, you know, when I think about my journey of growing up, I realized how much my mother's influence had on my personal life. And tonight, I just want to encourage you 
and ask you, as we celebrate the Mother's Day and think about the privileges we have, would you please think about praying and become a mother, a father, a brother, a sister for some 62 million children that are child laborers without any hope. August 27, 1990, 6.15, early morning. Possibly the saddest day of my life. My mother, she was 84. Hardly ever been sick in her life. Uh, hardly four feet, three inches tall, a small frame, fragile woman that never left my village. And that was the time she just passed away. I left my home when I was 17, 2,000 miles to North India to serve my Lord and learn discipleship. After two years of my life in North, when I came back home to see my parents, and that's when she said, I want to tell you a story that you do not know. She was cooking in the kitchen and sat beside her, and she said, you remember the day when you finished your high school, you came and said, if we allow you, you want to go and serve God? I said, Mother, yeah, I do. But I also remember you jumped up and said, go! I thought you hated me, I was an accident. She said, no, you don't understand. My six boys, you are the youngest, as you know. And I prayed all my life that Jesus would call one of my sons to serve him. And one by one, all your brothers went into farming and business and things like that. When you were born and growing up, timid, shy, withdrawn, I lost all my hope. That's when I decided to pray every Friday fasting. For three and a half years, she fasted every Friday, complete fast. One prayer request, Lord, call one of my children to serve you. I want to see it before I die. And when you mentioned that, son, I knew the Lord answered my prayer. With those words, we bring to a close our time of teaching on the road to reality. We've reserved time for another update from GFA Vice President Danny Yohannan about the situation in Asia in light of the COVID crisis. On top of all the suffering and difficulties, you know, each of these countries are trying to make the best decisions they can with what they what they got. And, uh, you know, places like India, you know, I applaud Prime Minister Modi for his efforts to really curb this, this incredible um, you know, enemy of, of humanity, which, you know, people are either over-exaggerating it or they're under-exaggerating it. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it's something that is extremely contagious. I was talking to uh, my brother-in-law, who's a doctor, and I know people compare this to the normal common flu. And granted, flu kills a lot of people every single year globally. Um, so does malaria. Malaria is one of the largest, you know, uh, killers every single year. Mm -hmm. And we have to deal with some of those things um, ourselves. But this is the reality is many places in Asia never deal with flu. You can find out more about what GFA is doing in Asia right now and how you can help. Listeners in the U.S. should call 866-946-2742. In Canada, call 888 
946-2742 to find out what GFA is doing in Asia to assist in the crisis in Asia. The website for our Canadian friends, roadtoreality.ca. For those in the U.S., you can go to roadtoreality.org. Thank you for joining us today on The Road to Reality. This program is presented by GFA. GFA.